You ready? I'm ready, Rob. Hello. Well, that was, <laughs> that might have been, <laughs> I don't even know what your voice just did. You announced, you, yeah, you did that. I'm just going to make some mom. <laughs> but it could just be your microphone. It's, it's just because your microphone's not That's my mic. Yeah, I can't yeah, sing if, because if you of would my have, mic. If you would have a better microphone, you would obviously sound a lot better. So there's two spells in it, in the rage and the spell. What's a rage so in the, the spell? Rob, <laughs> this week has been a lot of things for us. One of them is not good. <laughs> Welcome to Cast Royale, the Clash Royale podcast for casual players. I'm Rob. And I'm Joe. And this week, I'm not quite sure what happened. Yeah, neither am I. So let's just start off by saying that a lot of people are probably going to notice that my audio quality is a lot different uh, than they're used to hearing. Kind of sounds a little bit like the first two episodes and how I sounded, actually. You were in a tin can, because that's what I feel like. I mean, you sound like you're in a tin can, so I guess that makes sense. Yeah. So to bring everybody up to speed, uh, Joe and I actually recorded this entire episode uh, earlier this week um, and never double-checked the audio. And when we went to go edit it, uh, we realized that the cool section that we tried to do didn't really work the way that we wanted it to. Right, Joe? That's right. So (laughs) full disclosure here. So what Rob and I tried to do was to try and bring some fresh, new awesome content to you guys because we didn't want to go through another arena roundup um, because back-to-back arena roundups can get a little bit boring and tedious for both you and I Mm -hmm. um, and also our listeners. And so we felt that we would try something new. And we've been getting a lot of feedback recently, right, Rob, that really asked us to play some games that revolved around the metas um, and then commentate on those games, kind of what happened, why it happened, different options that you had, thought processes, whatever. So. Lo and behold, we both left the clans, uh, Cast Royale and Cast Royale 2, and we joined a different clan, Earthmasters. We did join Earthmasters. Which, by the way, if you're looking for a clan and Cast Royale and Cast Royale 2 are full, join Earthmasters. It's an open clan. Um, Our buddy Where's James is in it. It's open to everybody, and uh, they are friends of Cast Royale. They are awesome people. They just need a, a, a couple more active members, so full of the same fun bunch of people that listen to us and our community. So um, if you're looking for a clan and want to help them out, feel free to join theirs. But anyway, so we recorded all four games that we played. Uh, and <laughs> and then that was about it. Yeah, we realized um, that because we were trying to do something we thought creative with the audio where we were going to record the audio of the game and then talk over the audio and just announce everything. But Joe and I realized something while we were uh, while we were listening to the actual recording was uh, we are horrible at color commentating. Yeah, we're not that good at it. Um, Yeah. At the very least, we need to do a lot more practicing and. To be fair, we took a risk. Uh, we thought it was going to be good. And the last thing we want to do is give you guys something that we consider uh, a mediocre product, aside from the bad audio this time. Um, so you might be listening to this episode, and half of it will have pretty good audio that you're used to listening to, and the first half will have not so good audio because we deleted the cuts of us doing 
the talkovers with the games. Right, because as they say in the business, maybe this isn't even a business term. Whatever we did was a big swing and a miss. Yep, definitely a, definitely a miss. <laughs> definitely a miss. I mean, we tried so hard. The effort that we gave was awesome, but uh, it just didn't work out. So like Rob said, instead of delivering uh, a poor quality product, we decided that we were going to lower the audio a little bit because Rob was having some trouble with his microphone and just re-record the beginning section. That way we could just do a typical deck spotlight for a couple of new decks that we created. That way we could give you guys some awesome content for this week. Yes, definitely. So um, let's just go right into that. Let's do it. So on this week's deck spotlight, uh, we have three pretty cool decks. Um, One that I made, one that Joe made, and one that Joe and I collectively put together based on stuff that we found um, from some other websites. So the first one is called Toil and Trouble, and it is a 3.4 average elixir cost deck. Um, And the cards that are in this deck are the Cannon, the Witch, the Skeletons, the Zap, the Spear Goblins, the Minion Horde, the Hog Rider, and the Elixir Collector. Yeah, so you love this deck, right, Rob? This deck's one of my favorites. The only problem with my version of the deck is that my witch isn't a high enough level to be playing in the arena that I'm in right now. Um, and the cards that I face are just too strong. And that's like the backbone of the whole deck. Like it falls apart if your witch isn't a higher level. What, um, what arena, what trophy are you, are you at right now? Right now I'm at 2570. So I'm trying to push into 2600. So what's your witch level? Two. (laughs) Ah, so you need your witch to be level three for this deck to be viable? At least level three. For the trophy count that you're at? Yeah, I think so. Cool. Because my other cards are like level eight, level nine. Um, some, of my, my, some of my rares are level six. So, I mean, that's, that's appropriate for where I am, I think. Sure. I just think an epic needs to be at least level three or higher. So why don't you give people a little rundown on the deck and the different, strategy that, uh, the different strategies that you use in order to, to get a, a big W on your belt? All right. So the first thing you want to do with this deck is you want to try really hard to get your Elixir Collector out um, at the very beginning of the game. Um, so. If you can't get to that card right away, obviously you have um, disposable cards, I'll say, that you can throw out. So the Spear Goblins, um, the Skeletons to try and help you cycle through. Um, Once you get the Elixir Collector out, you really want to just build your Elixir. So that way when you start your push, you can start with a lot of Elixir, but also begin your push with your Witch. Because you want to start your Witch in the back. Um, I usually put her behind my Crown Tower depending on whether it's the left or the right side, it doesn't really matter. Um, And then while that starts, because she's going to be in the back, when she gets to the river, she'll already have um, spit out six skeletons, um, which then gives you the ability to throw out your spear goblins, your other set of skeletons, and then the hog rider. The goal with this is to get it so that the hog rider is in between the witch and the little troops that are in front of it. So that way, by the time the hog rider gets to the tower, the tower is really focusing on the little guys, and then the hog finally hits the tower, and then the witch keeps spitting out those uh, skeletons. And then you have you know, your zap um, to take out anything that uh, might be trying to take your guys out. And that works out really well too, right? Because if you have the hog rider in between the witch and the little troops, then the tower itself is not going to be attacking or focusing on 
the hog rider. Right. So effectively, he's going to get to the tower without taking any damage, which is what you want in the hog. Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, she's going to be the witch. She is going to be spitting out more skeletons, all while doing AoE damage from the back. Right. So effectively, she's not getting damage at all, and she's just pumping out this damage from, from the back lane. All the while, you still can throw down your spear goblins, right? Because they still do some work. So do you find that this deck is, is like, offensive-based? Because, like, I don't find that you have many defensive things. So is this just, like, constant, constant pushing? Because, like, what this reminds me of is, like, once you get your elixir pump out, this is almost like a, a full cycle deck. It's just like a typical cycle, a hog cycle deck. Yeah, no, it's constant. Um, the only on the defensive end, what you would be doing is the fun part is is you can use obviously your cannon, which you're going to throw out in the uh, in the middle of your side of the arena in front of your crown tower to you know offset things like a giant barbarians, another hog rider. But the nice thing is you have the witch. So the witch is a huge control defensive character. So sure. she can stop or at least tame things like a Pekka, um, a mini Pekka, a prince. So this deck does control from a defensive perspective and an offensive perspective. So I think really it's an offensive deck, but it can be very defensive using the same cards. Yeah, no, that's fair. And I mean, you have a lot of low-cost troops, like the skeletons, the, the, the skeletons from the witch and the spear goblins. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have the minion horde. So if they get zapped or arrowed, like if, if any combination of all of those cards get zapped, arrowed, fireballed, whatever, and they get completely annihilated, yeah. like you said, you still have the witch. So the witch is still going to summon three more skeletons in three more seconds. Right. And then you're still cycling to your other cards. So I feel like this deck is very good against like high, high health troops, yep. like the giant, like you said, the royal giant, because it's perpetual low cost troops that are just being placed down that are just either distracting or taking a lot, a lot, a lot of damage that are, um, that's basically getting wasted, right? Right, and I think one of the nicest things about this deck is you have the Minion Horde in there, um, which technically is a higher cost card compared to all the other cards, because um, it costs five, right? Um, yep. So the nice thing about this is if someone wastes their arrows on your uh, swarms of things that are going towards their tower, you now have a Minion Horde that didn't have arrows hit it um if they waste a zap on your little troops you now have a minion horde that's not going to be zapped um and i think the minion horde can be used very strategically you're not really using it as a push thing um or as a push card you can um but it's not like your main thing so you're really going to just use that whenever you feel it's necessary so do you find that this minion horde is like a bonus card for you like do you not play this card right away and you try and bait out the zap and the arrow yep or the spell that's going to kill everything before you do that definitely yeah and then if i somehow find myself in a situation where um you know my witch has been taken out or they somehow manage to get a bigger unit on my side of the field and i can't do anything about it minion horde yeah that's a really good strategy i mean to be honest with you i really like the deck that you created um I've never seen a, uh, I, I've seen plenty of, of hog cycle decks, but I haven't seen them to the point where, where they, they bait, they bait your zapper arrow to then go on an offensive push with another card. Right. Typically the entire strategy for a hog cycle is hog cycle, rinse and repeat, hog cycle, rinse and repeat. Yep. And um, typically has a freeze in there too. Right. Or, or the zap. Mm-hmm. But 
I mean, you have the zap, but your use of it is different. Yeah, because you can, you, what the strategy with this is like, let's say, let's say you get um, a minion horde coming your way and your minion horde was already destroyed or you don't have a lot of things to go after this. Um, you're going to zap that minion horde and then throw out your witch because your witch can take out a zapped minion horde in like two hits. Or even one hit. I mean, if it's if they're zapped, it's it's a one hit KO. Yep. Yeah. So I I I really like this deck. I mean, we when yeah, I mean, like we just said before, we tried playing each other <laughs> before um, and commentating on these games, but we actually played Toil and Trouble versus Mister Freeze from last week's um, deck spotlight, the second deck that we talked about. Yep. And it was you versus me. I played Mister Freeze, and you played Toil and Trouble, and. I, I wound up winning the game because I had so much AoE, right? Right. Um, I wound up having the Arrows, the Bomber, and the Valkyrie in the same deck. Plus, I also had the Freeze if I ever felt overwhelmed. But I felt that your deck gave me a very, very, very difficult time, even with all of those answers. I only got one of your towers, um, and you, at the very end of the game, made me go on full defensive play. <laughs> like, there was only one time where I got I got your tower at the very beginning of the game, mm-hmm. and then you you surprised me completely <laughs> with the minion horde after throwing my arrows to kill your swarm of troops. And after that one minion horde, you got my tower down to like 200 health. I immediately just, I, I put the cry emote out, and I was like, okay, now that I know, <laughs> I have to defend against this. Yeah, that's another really good strategy with this deck. So if you find yourself... Um with an opponent that just recently used a zap spell um, or their arrow spell. Um, on the opposite side, wherever you are typically fighting right now, on the opposite lane, uh, drop your hog rider and your minion horde right on top of it, and they will jet to the tower and pretty much take it out as long as they don't have a, a good answer, provided that they've already used it. I never realized how difficult it is. Like, let's just say that you drop the minion horde in between the river and your and your arena tower, Mm -hmm. right? So it takes them a second to deploy, and then they go out. And then while they are approaching the river, you drop the hog rider underneath them. Yeah. First of all, you did that, and I didn't even see the hog rider. So I'm thinking I have, at some point in the game, I had my arrows as an answer, and I was like, oh, this is easy. I'll just wait for them all to get to the tower, and then I'll just arrow them, and it'll be gone. I arrowed them to see a hog rider remaining, (laughs) and I had no answer. I was like, well, what do I do now? Yeah, and the best part about that is once that's done, you can easily follow it up with Spear Goblins and Skeletons because it's such a quick deck. It's a really good deck. (laughs) I I don't even know what to say about it other than the fact that I really think it's very viable, especially if you have high enough level cards when you're playing against the opponents that you're you're used to playing. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've used the Mr. Freeze deck to get to about 2,830 trophies, so it's pretty high up there. and. You gave me a run for my money, and wh- where were you? Where were you with this deck? Like when you played this deck, what viability did it get you to? Uh, it kept me around the same spot. The problem is, is that um, there were longer streaks of trophy death spirals because I don't think that the witch is high enough. Gotcha. So if you if you could get, I guess our overall theme for this deck for everybody listening is if you can have high enough level troops with this deck compared to your normal decks 
this deck will keep you where you are and has the potential of, of going even higher. Yep. I mean, like I said, I was at 2,800 trophies and you almost beat me. Mm -hmm. So um, you can surprise a lot of people so long as you play the cards the right way. You keep the minion horde behind and then you surprise people with the hog rider cycle. Yep, that's pretty much it. That's uh, my crazy control toil and trouble deck. Toil um, and trouble. So do you want to explain your Frankenstein creation that you made? I love this deck. <laughs> so I wouldn't necessarily say that I quote unquote created it. I'm sure I've seen some sort of variation around, but I guess for the purposes of this cast, I totally created it. Well, you named it. That's for sure. I, oh, I named it. <laughs> did you wait? Did you say the name already? Uh, I don't think so. If you didn't, the name is Peekaboo. Not Peekaboo. Not Peekaboo. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so as you can imagine, this deck obviously has Pekka, it has Minions, the Rage Spell, Spear Goblins, Zap, Elixir Collector, Three Musketeers, and top it all off with the regular Skeletons. Boom. Boom. And this so is a, this deck, this a 4.0 cost deck? Yep. So this deck has an average cost of 4.0, and a lot of people see the, see the Three Musketeer Pekka combination. Um, the thing that we like about this deck is that this deck has two spells, the Rage spell and the Zap spell. So it also has the regular minion. So it throws like the element of air into it, mm -hmm. into the mix. Um, and essentially, the minions, while they can be used defensively, they're, they are not used offensively. They are typically used defensively. And they are really to either distract, kill defensively, or cycle. Yep. The other card that's in there is the regular skeletons, which typically is only used to distract, to get something off of your tower or keep it off of your tower for a little bit longer. Or defend against like a, uh, a hog rider. Correct. Um, but all, at best, they're used defensively or to distract. Right. Um, but ultimately, the strategy for this deck is get the elixir pump out as early as possible. Cycle through your cards until you can have the P.E.K.K.A. and the Three Musketeers in your hand. Once you have them, and you have the Elixir Pump flowing, and you have the resources going. That was a rhyme, by the way. That was good. I don't good. know if anybody caught that. That was good. Going and flowing. Going and flowing, baby. <laughs> you drop the P.E.K.K.A. in the back behind your, your, uh, your King Tower. This is going to give it a three-second deployment time. You have the Elixir Pumps out. You're going to be generating resources. You have it walking towards the river. Once it gets to about three or so tiles up in front of your archer arena tower, you throw the three musketeers behind it. So what this does is it causes your opponent to react. They react one way, one of two ways. They either attack the other side of the battlefield, or they have to drop something to respond to everything you've just thrown down. Typically, there's no big answer for both of these cards at the same time. Right, because if you throw down a singular high health troop, it's going to die to the P.E.K.K.A. and the three musketeers. If you throw down a bunch of small health troops, there's three musketeers and a P.E.K.K.A. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's effectively four different things that are attacking those small troops, so they're not going to get overwhelmed by them. Um, now, the really good thing about this deck is that once all four things get across the river, you can throw down the spear goblins and the minions to defend 
your P.E.K.K.A. and the Musketeers just to distract so that the focus of your opponent's cards is not on the Musketeers. Right. Then once everything is over the river, boom, drop the rage spell, quick smack in the face, drop the mic, walk away. Yeah, I really, uh, I really like this deck um, because like you said, or as we always say, it's like a quick smack in the face with that rage spell. Um, it, this giant push that you have going on here feels like it just comes out of nowhere because I feel like if I was on the receiving end of this deck, I'd be like, all right, man, I got to deal with a P.E.K.K.A. now. I'm going to try and throw my giant so I can leash him around the other side of the arena. And then all of a sudden there are three angry musketeers behind him. And I wouldn't know how to handle that. With rage, right? Yeah, and then the rage doesn't come until it's on my side of the field. Right, so here's the thing. A lot of people like to leash the P.E.K.K.A. And we, we talked about that last week during the cast when I gave you that little strategy, Rob. Yep. The problem with that strategy when you're, when you're versing the three musketeer P.E.K.K.A. deck, like you said, is that you're not going to leash the musketeers like you're going to the P.E.K.K.A. So you're going to leash the P.E.K.K.A. effectively, but you just wasted five elixir, and you now are five elixir short to deal with the musketeers that are going to be attacking your tower with rage. Right, or be attacking your giant, and then the giant's going to die, and then the P.E.K.K.A. is just going to be like, oh, I'm going back to the tower. Right, but effectively, you have to have... Don't forget, I mean, the P.E.K.K.A. is further along in, on, it, on its journey to your tower than right. the Musketeers are. Right. So you're, it's going to be very difficult for you to time your giant to leash both the P.E.K.K.A. and the three Musketeers. If you do happen to get it, that's great. But like you said, Rob, if they're raged, I mean, they're going to catch up to the giant and kill it. That's for sure. So this deck is very viable. I'm sure people have seen it all over the place. Variations of this deck typically include the Wizard. Um, we didn't like to use the wizard only because we thought the wizard was a five cost card that really, sure, it might give the deck a little bit more AOE viability, but we felt that with the three musketeers, if, if, if you needed to AOE anything, you could just zap them and let the, and let the AOE in theory from the three musketeers just do the rest of the work. I mean, if you're stunning something or a group of things, three musketeers that are just going ham on something is it's, it's going to die very quick. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Three Musketeers take out a minion horde in seconds. I've seen it take out uh, a swarm of goblins in a matter of seconds. I mean, they just act like a, uh, a revolver, dude. They're like a smoking gun. They just keep going. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. But I, I think we kind of hinted at this a little bit while talking about the deck. But you would think, obviously, this deck features two key cards, the P.E.K.K.A. and the Three Musketeers. That's obvious. But while this deck features two cards, they are not the two most important cards in this deck. The two most important cards in this deck are the Rage Spell and the Zap Spell. Yep. How and when you use these two spells on what cards or on what troops or on what buildings will ultimately determine whether you're going to be successful in winning that game or not. So placement on that is key. Yes, I completely agree. Um, So let's go on to our last deck. (laughs) The last deck that we have is called Led Zeppelin. Um, It is a 3.6 elixir deck, and it features the giant, the balloon, the freeze spell, arrows, the cannon, spear goblins, musketeer, and the bomber. The bomber. I love the bomber. Me too. I just got mine to level nine. I think the bomber is such an effective card, especially when you have the freeze with it, because if, like I mentioned last cast, if you can use the freeze defensively, 
with the bomber, you control the game. I was talking to one of my friends the other day about the bomber, um, and we both think that the bomber reminds us of Teemo from League of Legends. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that is so funny. He just bounces around just like throwing his things out and no big deal. He does kind of bounce when he walks. Right? He hops. Yeah, he does hop. That's funny. <laughs> but he's so squishy, but he does so much damage. He does. That's a really good comparison. Thank I you. hope people that are listening that have played League of Legends agree with us. You know, Sam Han is listening going, yep, it's Teemo. Sam Han, that's, that's our boy from League of Legends Anonymous. If you guys are looking for a League of Legends podcast and you play the game and you enjoy playing it casually, please check them out. It's awesome. Yeah, they're fun. Um, so, obviously the biggest strategy with this is to cycle through your cards, or at least defend, until you can get to your giant, your balloon, and your free spell, right? Because essentially what you want to be doing is... Dropping your giant behind your king tower. That way you have now five elixir left um, and you can build back up to 10. And by the time the giant gets to the river, you are going to now drop the balloon. And the balloon needs to be positioned in uh, in such a way that it needs to be behind the giant. That way, A, the tower doesn't hit the balloon, right? And also, whatever other troops are being thrown out, don't hit the balloon, especially if someone throws out um, a baby dragon, um, minions, things like that. Uh, the nice thing is that you have your arrows if you need to defend off a minion horde. Um, but the goal is to get it so that those two cards get to your opponent's arena tower. And then whatever is there, you freeze it. Freeze it like Mr. Freeze. Mr. Freeze. So once it's frozen, you now have a giant and a balloon doing mass amounts of damage, and then you have a bomber, a musketeer, spear goblins, and arrows to defend against that push. Yeah, I I really like this deck. I think you explained it very well, Rob. Like you said, the most crucial thing that you can do, or the the biggest mistake that you can make, I should say, is if you put the balloon down in front of the giant. Yes. The balloon has about a third of the health of the giant. Um around that so if you accidentally put your balloon in front of the giant your opponent's gonna have no difficult time killing one before the other and you're not going to be able to get the same damage in that you normally would have um and also because the balloon travels a little bit faster than the giant you're not going to be able to freeze everything and effectively get again all the damage that you want in a short period of time but a really cool thing about this deck and rob you mentioned this a little bit before um you focus more on the offense but the defense you have very effective cards for defense. Yes. You, you have the bomber, you have the freeze, you have the musketeer, and you have the cannon. You also have arrows if you need them. You typically want to save your arrows to defend against the minion horde that is trying to kill your, uh, your Led Zeppelin, shall right. we say? <laughs> yeah. Um, however, the musketeer is one of the best defensive cards in the game, especially so. when it's defending against, you know, especially when it's defending in your territory it does so much damage sitting from the back um and if it's not being targeted you're effectively clearing whatever's in your way yeah this is um this is one of those decks that or at least those combinations that constantly take me out um giant balloon freeze is a very 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 difficult strategy to deal with if you're on the receiving end of this um push because 
it's very hard to have an answer to both a giant and a balloon. Yeah, I mean, you have to effectively have a cannon or something to offset the giant and the balloon. Um, and then you have to have the cards to deal with high health troops that are air and ground at the same exact time. Um, all the while, if you have the ability to set up with something in the back of it, like a bomber or a musketeer, once you throw the freeze down, they have, no, they have nothing they can do but sit and watch. No, you're right. And uh, they're probably very upset and throwing out a cry face. And that's what I would do. <laughs> yeah, so um, do you have any more to say on any of these three decks? Try them all. What I would do, personally, is I would be trying them all in a training match first before you test them out in the real arena or against people in your clan. Um, reason being is you want to, and it doesn't necessarily matter if you win, um, you're obviously going to destroy the trainer no matter what you do, and you can lose against people that you play with in your clan. However, the point is to figure out how everything times well together, like the speed of the balloon um, compared to when you drop your giant. Um, when to use your zap when you have your witch and your hog rider, um, throwing your P.E.K.K.A. and then timing it so that you have enough elixir to throw out your musketeer behind it, things like that. Like these, they're not complicated decks, they're just intricate. So there's a lot of moving parts. And even if you win, it's worth practicing just to see how everything times well together. Yeah, Robin, that's a really good point too, right? Because two of the decks that we created are very time sensitive. One of the decks is time sensitive with its spells. The other deck is time-sensitive with its troops. Yep. So Peekaboo is extremely time-sensitive with its spells. You have to, have to, have to learn when to rage, when to zap, and what to zap. Um, and when the appropriate time is to throw out uh, the, the P.E.K.K.A. and the Three Musketeers to make sure that you can rage them appropriately. With the Led Zeppelin deck, it's more so... When should you throw out the balloon and where should you throw out the balloon in relation to where the giant is on the map? Right. That is extremely time sensitive. There is some time sensitive um, or, or reaction time that's going to be required with the free spell. That, gets, that takes a little bit of time to get used to. If you're not familiar with how to use the free spell or how long it takes to deploy, um, just be sure you're practicing that because you can run into some trouble where you're going to freeze and you're troops already going to be dead so right. <laughs> <laughs> happened to me plenty of times and then all you can do is always resort to plan c if that happens which as we always say is the cry emote <laughs> yes definitely um so let's move on to our previously recorded section where rob sounds significantly better because he wasn't <laughs> having trouble with his microphone correct but, you know what rob i don't think you sound that bad though like i don't get me wrong. You don't sound as beautiful as you normally do. Mm -hmm. Like my, the inside of my eardrum isn't resonating the same because it's not getting the same high quality Rob talk that yeah. I'm used to hearing. No, I get it. And I appreciate you trying to make me feel better for giving our listeners a subpar quality audio. I wouldn't say subpar. Well, you know I me, I'm say, an audiophile. I, I freak out at this stuff. You do freak out at this stuff. <laughs> it's so funny. Just for our listeners, Rob cannot handle adverse situations Thank very you. well. Thank you. I'm this. here. I am here to help you, Rob. You uh, sound beautiful, and there's absolutely nothing to worry about. Good. Well, that makes me feel better. That is some brotherly love. Boom. Boom. So before we get into any of that, real quick, um, Joe and I are taking a little over a week off, probably, um, because uh, I got some stuff going on, and Joe is going to the wonderful land of Florida. Is it 
Florida or is Flo, it Flo Rida, like the like the singer? It's Flo Rida. You know what? I'm not going to Florida, and I'm not going to Flo Rida. I'm going to Flo Rida. <laughs> that is where I'm going. Wow. I'm going to be there for a week with my fiance. We are staying in the Kissimmee area just outside of Orlando, and we are going to Disney two of the days while we're there. You're staying in a place called Kissimmee? Yeah, dude. I'm staying in Kissimmee. Not Kiss Me, but Kissimmee. I it's, outside, were, it's south of Orlando. I thought you were saying kiss me. I'm not asking you to kiss me, Rob. It's actually pretty difficult for you to kiss me over Skype. I mean, you could send me like one of those, I guess you could blow me a kiss, but that's kind of weird. I could. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to be in Florida. Looking forward to it. Works, as I've mentioned on this podcast plenty of times, work has been incredibly intense for me for the past couple of months. So uh, excited to take some time off and just get away from everything for a little while. Much needed vacation. Um, yo, real quick, make sure when you go there, open up your heads up application, the game, and uh, check into one of the parks so you can get your free Disney uh, deck. The game on the phone? Yeah, if you download heads up, when you're in a Disney park, any of the Disney resorts, it uses your location. And when it sees that you go into the app and check in at the park, you get a free Disney themed deck. That is so cool. Yeah, and I tried to do it here. It obviously doesn't work because it uses your location, so it knows that I'm lying. No, we'll definitely do that. My fiance, my fiance and I love Heads Up, so if we can get like a Disney-themed um, game or just get a free one, totally down for that. Do it. I'm going to have to give you my username and password for my Apple stuff so you can just sign in on your phone and get me the deck. Boom. You're just a knowledge... You're just like... You're like a hub for knowledge information. I'm full of tech info for sure. You're full of tech info. You know what else you're full of? Tell me. Toil and trouble. Toil and trouble. So that pretty much does it for uh, this week's deck spotlight. Um, deck spotlight. Yeah. So um, let's move on to the section of the show that was previously recorded with much better audio when I didn't have problems with my microphone. You still sound beautiful. Don't worry about it, Rob. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Boom. See you on the other boom, side. Boom. See you on the other side. Double boom. <laughs> All right, so let's go into emails and reviews. Uh, this week we got three emails, um, and the first one is actually from our friend that we mentioned before, Colin. Um, where's James? Where's James? Yeah, and he writes, help, I've fallen and I can't get up. So I told you about my deck in a previous email. I took that deck to Arena 7, but I fell out and can't get back in. I have two questions. One, could this deck be not as viable with the recent balance changes? Two. Can you give me suggestions on another deck I can try with no legends, dark prince, or guards? Because those are the only cards I don't have. Keep the podcast coming. You'll be hearing from me again because, alas, James is everywhere. He's like, where's Waldo? He's my favorite. He's so great. This, I'm <laughs> telling you. And he constantly tweets at us on Twitter, and it's awesome. He is, like, so active, and I, uh, I have so much fun with him when we're on there. Seriously. He's, and he's really awesome. I was, I was messaging with him on Twitter the other day. Um, through like the inbox messaging back and forth. Mm -hmm. Really, really cool guy. But about his email, he's having some trouble with his deck. And if you remember, his deck was the one that we talked about that had the giant skeleton mm -hmm. and had the mini P.E.K.K.A. in it. Right. His deck had a lot of push potential. So we responded to Colin slash James, I guess. <laughs> Colin James? Colin James. I don't know where James is, but he's right here. And we basically told him, not to worry about the fact that the deck that he was using previously isn't working anymore. Whether it was the balance changes or not, I didn't know. We didn't know. Um, but what we did recommend very strongly mm -hmm. was
was that he try the Mr. Freeze deck that we talked about in our deck spotlight from last episode, episode 008. Correct. Um, it's a hog freeze push deck that includes the Valk, the Musketeer, um, and some other cards. If you want to check it out, it's on there. But the cool thing was, like I said, we've been talking with James back and forth, back and forth. And he tried the deck. He wasn't having success with it at first, which is what we said would happen. But after a while, started to get the hang of it and started winning some games. Um, so he is on his way to Arena 7, um, and we hope he gets there soon. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Thank you, Colin. We appreciate it. Um, so the next email we got, it's from one old man. Is it, is it one old man? Yes. One, is it old, one old man. man? Well, there's no spaces, so I'm just going to go with one old man. One old man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. So he writes, Hey, fellas, love the podcast. I am curious on your take or knowledge of the win-loss streak theories out there. Everyone in my clan and all of my friends have experienced this. You are crushing people, flying up the ranks, you feel unbeatable, and then... You can't seem to win a match to save your life. I recently had this experience. I gained 300 trophies in a day, pushing myself to 2,098 trophies and into Royal Arena. And then it all started going wrong. The next two days, I dropped 400 trophies and nearly went back down to Spell Valley, all the time playing with a more upgraded deck than what I had been winning with. Theories online believe that Supercell is responsible for these fluctuations, and without any better explanation, I am starting to believe them. I know that there will always be streaks in games, and believe me, I played a lot, but no other games that I have played has streaks like this one. Others claim that it is due to the time of day that you play, but I play at the same time almost every day. Is Supercell trying to add to the addictive nature of the game? Just curious as to your thoughts and theories. Regards, One Old Man. So I replied to One Old Man. I basically told him that I'm really not sure what the reason is, but whatever the reason is, it keeps us playing, right? Because like, whenever you're winning, all you want to do is keep progressing. But whenever you're losing, sure, it, it sucks, but all you want to do is get back to your original trophy count. So, you know, it could just be coincidence. You know, the matchmaking system really isn't that good to begin with. Um, but yeah, and they've tried tweaking it before. Apparently it's better this time around. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know how good it is because I'm still experiencing this at 2700 ish. So all I know is that it's it's a possibility, although it could be coincidence. And hopefully it's just a matchmaking tweak that they need to do. Uh, that'll get fixed in, in future updates. That's true. Um, and I also want to reiterate the fact that you, again, are not alone. Um, and I'm going to read you a line that one of my clan members uh, said to me earlier today, which caused my response to be, we may need to start a Clash Royale anonymous podcast. Um, so he wrote, this is uh, Raygun Wesley, who wrote, I want to spend $1,000 on this game and also want to snap my phone in half. Sometimes I think about throwing my phone like a ninja star to see if it will stick in the wall. <laughs> That's great. That is so funny. I can't. I'm so happy that you just read that because our next email is right in line with that. Yep, I agree. So uh, the next email is from Stegoman. Steg Stegoman. Stego. Stegoman. Stegoman. How would you say that? Oh, it could be Stego. No, because Omen is O M E N. Let's call I think it it's, I think Stegmeister. It's Stegmeister. Um, so he writes, hey guys, first off, great podcast. I noticed you had your two clans, but they are usually full. Any plans to make clans three, four, and five? Just checking, smiley face. Also, how do you combat getting salty 
When you lose a bunch of games in a row, do you walk away for a while? Play till you win, cursing the whole time? Or maybe you just say, meh, life happens, and cheerfully lose 200 trophies. Just curious. Love the podcast. Keep up the great work. Stegman. Stegmeister. Stegmeister. <laughs> yeah, so this email was really funny to read. Um, but before we get into the funny, first, <laughs> clans. Mm-hmm. You and I talked about whether we were going to create Cast Royale 3 or Cast Royale 4 or 5 or whatever. Um, but the problem is, is that there's only two of you and me. Last I counted, yes. Right. So, and we want to be a part of all of the clans that we're starting. Yeah, um, and we're, we are not James. Colin James, we are not him. We cannot be everywhere. We cannot appear everywhere. Um, so we might start a tournament clan, but right now we're not going to start a third Cast Royale clan. However. Not yet. Not yet. However, for right now, if, if at any point in time the Cast Royale clans are closed, please, please, please join the Friends of Cast Royale at Earthmasters. They have spots open. Their clan is open. You don't need an invite. Just search it and join. They're looking for some more members to make the clan more active. And it's a similar community to what we've built here, um, which includes everybody that listens to this podcast. Mm-hmm. The second thing is getting salty when you lose. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I feel like Raygun Wesley. All I ever want to do when I'm in a losing streak is literally throw my phone across the room. Yep. Like a Frisbee or a ninja star. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem with that is. If you let it get to you, you will only make mistakes when you're playing the game. Yep. And I find that when I'm in that mood and I'm just in that mode, all I do is just lose. And then it just becomes a trophy death spiral, not because I can't beat the guy that I'm playing, but just because I'm making silly mistakes. So what I've started to do is whenever something goes wrong in a game, (laughs) I try and figure out why. Like, what did I do? previous to what just happened that caused what just happened to happen (laughs) like why do i not have an answer to what he just threw down or what could i have thrown down to beat what he just played or how could i have played that game better what i also do is i watch the replays yes watching replays is critical because you'll realize that the game isn't just matchmaking you against people that literally have your counter every single time you play right but sometimes it's just you made a mistake um and, you know, that's going to happen. But at and least, hopefully you'll see it. Right. But at least if you do that, you'll see it. Hopefully it'll calm you down a little bit. You'll know how to prevent that from happening next time. And if you prevent it next time, you'll win. Stop <laughs> the losing streak. And not want to throw your phone across the wall. But, Correct. But. Wait, I want to interject, I wanna inter- interject before you uh, say your butt. Go, go. So that also is important because just going in and watching replays breaks up the monotony of losing oh that's so true right like if you just like a lot of times yeah i'll be going in to watch the replays after i've been losing for a while to learn a little bit but it also calms me down because i'll go in and i'll watch it and i'll be like yeah that's why i lost yeah there's a reason right and then and then that three minutes that you just spent watching that replay or two or three then that's another three minutes or six minutes that you're not losing a game Mm -hmm. So. But one thing that I definitely never do. Oh, yeah, your butt. Here's, here's my butt. butt. Right. I never cheerfully lose 200 trophies. <laughs> no, we're never smiling. That's never happening ever. <laughs> no, I mean, maybe maybe I'll just be annoyed and I'll throw out the like thumbs up emote. But <laughs> but what I will you, never what cheerfully did you say? lose. C, C for cry face. C for cry face. Boom. <laughs> yeah, so that does it for the emails. Um, 
We got three awesome iTunes reviews this week. Boom. Um, Drop yeah. the mic, walk away, boom. Boom. Um, and the first one comes from baller hashtag 5000 who writes great podcast love the cast it is the only thing i listen to the arena roundup and deck spotlight how could i join your tourney thanks so when we create the tourney you guys will obviously be the first to know i mean we might hint at it to our clan members before we mention it on the cast but either way anybody listening to the cast will know for sure when it's happening how it's going down, how to join or sign up or however we're going to run it. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't, we haven't quite gotten all the, you know, all the kinks ironed out yet, but right. once we do, we'll tell you. I mean, right now we're at the point where we know we really want to do one and we're seriously fi- trying to figure it out. So, yeah, I guess we just don't want to kind of do it. If we right. do it, we want to make sure it's done right. Right. And we don't, we don't want to, we want to do it quickly, but we don't want to rush it, if that makes sense. So, um, yeah, either way, thank you, Baller, for the awesome five-star review. Um, and then the next one was a super interesting one uh, from podbuzz.com, which is actually a website that Joe and I use for our website and our podcast. Um, if you've ever been to our website, they're responsible for the uh, iTunes review widget that's on the bottom of the page. Um, and they also help deliver these reviews to our inbox every week. Um, so they were kind enough to write us a, a five-star review on iTunes. So that was pretty awesome. Um, and they wrote, great show for Clash Royale players. Rob and Joe provide great information for Clash Royale players of all skill levels. These guys are hilarious, and the show is extremely entertaining. I always look forward to it. One thing's for sure. I think we really try to be entertaining more than informative. Well, that's true. <laughs> because we don't know everything yet. <laughs> no, definitely not. But as we keep going, we'll get a little bit more informative, I think. I mean, hey, I picked up the... Uh the giant and Pekka tip from you, right? So I'm kind of upset that I taught you that trick. You really made my Pekka roam around like a little, like with a chicken with its head cut off. But anyway, I made your Pekka my puppy. (laughs) I have no response to that. (laughs) You can have a response to that. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Thank you, PodBuzz, for the awesome review and the kind words. We really appreciate it. And thank you for your awesome service, as well as your iTunes review widget. Boom. Yeah, and if anybody is listening who has a podcast, it's a free service. Use it. P-O-D-B-U-Z-Z-Z dot com. That is um, three Z's. That's three Z's. Serious buzz. Z- yep. Um, so our last review is actually from the gentleman who emailed us earlier. Um, one old man writes, best Clash Royale podcast, a five-star review. If you love the game, you will love this podcast. If you like the game, then you will love this podcast. (laughs) These guys are entertaining and informative. Listening to them will improve your strategy. Listen once and you will be hooked. Boom. Double boom. This was an awesome review. I love the fact that he was like, love the game. You love the podcast. (laughs) Like the game. You're going to love love the podcast. podcast. One old man, thank you so much for your kind words. We we really appreciate you taking the time out to to leave us a review and also from before writing us that email. All right. And we would like to give a huge special shout out and thank you to our current patrons for our Patreon because we got two of them this week. Our very first two Patreons. 
were both members of Cast Royale and Cast Royale 2. Boom. Yep. Boom. Um, so huge shout out goes to Uha Nalumpia and Ryan Anteo. We really, truly appreciate from the bottom of our hearts you guys supporting what we do. Um, you're our very first two patrons. We just launched, we just launched this thing last week. Um, you know, we, we just really appreciate the fact that you support what we do and you want us to continue to deliver fresh, awesome, fun content. And, you know, that's our goal and that, that's what we're going to try and do. Yep. And, uh, your rewards, uh, will be coming to you as soon as we can get them to you. Boom. Um, if anyone out there would also like to become a patron, um, you can go to castrealpodcast.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, or just go to the website and look for the Patreon button at the top. Hey, Rob, but, but even more important than our Patreon page, you mentioned something to me earlier today that you wanted to mention. Yes. So um, I was listening to Legend of the Innkeeper uh, this week. And last week and the week before, like I always do. Um, and one of the hosts, Espo, um, made an announcement that him and his wife started a GoFundMe fundraiser, I guess. Yep. Um, and essentially what it boils down to, because I don't, it's a very long story. And if you would like to read all about it, I will put the link in the show notes. Um, it's, it's very, 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 very touching. Um, but essentially... Espo and his beautiful wife have been trying to have a baby Espo. Baby Espo. Yeah. Um, and they have been running into some issues. Um, and I think the, uh, the procedure that they want to get done costs two arms and two legs. Um, so, you know, they're right now sitting at $755 um, out of, I think, uh, $20,000. Um, but... As I'm going to take the words right from Espo, every little bit helps, um, and he is super appreciative every single time he mentions it on the show. Um, so if anyone would like to go and read that story, and if you want to help them out, um, it would certainly make us happy, and I know that it would help the two of them out. Yeah, so Rob, it's very well said. I mean, Espo and his crew, they're our friends, and you know they've been trying for two and a half years, I guess, to have you know, baby Espo. And like you said, they've been running into complications. They've tried a bunch of different options. And I guess this final option is one that guarantees them to get their baby Espo. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem with a guarantee is that it's obviously very expensive. Um, so I know you and I will be helping out, but oh, we'll be donating for sure. Anything that anybody can help with um, really will just make all the difference in the world. Definitely. Um, and on a lighter note, as requested by Espo, Joe, we need to come up with baby names. Baby names. Can I say the first one? I have two if different a, ones. If, if for a boy and a girl? Um, no, they're, I think they're both inherently boys. Okay, go. Here's the first one. Ready. Hog Rider! <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> so, for short, would you just call him Hog? No, I would always say the full name. Cannot. I guess you'd have to. <laughs> and then the second name would obviously just be Boom. Okay, that's, that's beautiful. So I'm going to go, uh, again, kind of what you did in line with the game. I'm going to say 
What is it? I think that he should name the kid Mini Pekka. Mini Pekka. <laughs> <laughs> mini Mini Espo Pekka. Uh, that's amazing. I guess Espo yeah. would have to be the last name, kind of, right? So it'd have to be yeah. Like so mini Pekka, Pekka Espo. Pekka Mini Pekka Espo. I love it. Um, and then if it's a girl, Musketeer. Like Musketeer is not really a good kid name. I mean, I would totally name my kid Hog Rider before I named it Musketeer. Call your kid Musket. Musket. <laughs> Perfect. Don't do, Espo, don't do that. So Espo just... As Espo's wife, don't do that. Just don't have a girl. Yeah, don't And have we've a girl. got two valid name options for you. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, so, um, yeah, again, I mean, we bring that up only because they have helped us out so much. And Joe, I honestly can say that I don't think that our show would be where it was, uh, or at least at the level that it's at without all of those guys so couldn't agree more any way we can help we will least we can do Uh, yep um and as always if you want to send us feedback um you can email us at feedback at castrailpodcast.com um or just go to the website and click on the contact us button um fill out the form if you want to reach us that way and don't forget you can always reach out to us on twitter at podcast royale as we've mentioned before Please fill out our community survey. It will help us tailor the show to you. Um, it's your chance to get your voice heard. Um, so far, we've had a couple dozen people fill out the survey, I think. That's right. That's uh, pretty awesome. Um, so uh, we're definitely reading all of the responses, and it is definitely going into tweaking the things that we are doing. So Boom. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's all I got. Until next time, uh, Joe, you want to close out with your... Hodgepodge of everything? Yeah, car. You're hodgepodge of everything. Like. So it's not going to be next week, but it's going to be next, next week. That's why I just said next time. So tune in next time. <laughs> tune in next time, folks, for a hodgepodge <laughs> of everything. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Bye. Bye. Bye.